Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Get Into It podcast. My name is Tamia. My name is Reina, and let's get into it. So today we have a very, very special guest, and I'm going to let her introduce herself, but, you know, a little, little disclaimer, this is Simone Hunter-Hobson, infamous if you go to GW. Yes, ma'am. Uh, but without further ado, Simone, please, please introduce yourself for the people. Hey, y'all. Thanks for having me. So like Reina said, I'm Simone Hunter-Hobson. Um, I graduated at George Washington University in May 2020. I studied journalism as a major and political science as my minor. And now I'm at the University of Pennsylvania Law School, graduating, fingers crossed, May 2023. And it's the last time I'm doing any type of school and stuff like that. Um, and so, yeah, so thank you guys for having me on this, po- um, this podcast and platform. Of course, we're so happy to have you. And like we said, today is all about Simone. This episode, we're going to pick her brain. As a lot of you may know, like we are aspiring lawyers. So we're trying to get where Simone is at right now. So we're going to ask her a couple questions about her experience in law school, how she got there, you know, how she's been loving it, liking it, what she's not really liking about it. So really just getting down to the nitty gritty, picking her brain about it. Yep, yep, yep. So I guess I'll just kick things off. Um, You know, a lot of people when they're going to law school, some people go to law school because they don't really know what else to do. And a lot of times it's like, oh, I don't know what to do with my undergrad degree. Let me just go to law school because I don't know. And then some people, you know, have known that they want to be a lawyer since jump or like in college and they had different motivations and reasons. So Simone, tell us like, when did you know you want to go to law school? And if you have like big motivations behind it, like, please, please share with us. Please share with us. Sure. So I have one of those like cliche stories where I've always wanted to be a lawyer since I was a child type of thing. Um, You know, my family and friends, like when I was young, people were like, yo, you like to argue, you like to debate, like you should like go to law school, whatever. And so I was like, I mean, all right, or whatever. So then I get to college and then I thought that I had to major in political science, which I think a lot of people think that that's a requirement for law school. And honestly, you can major in whatever. Nothing can prepare you (laughs) for what's about to come in law school. So I had originally majored in political science at GW. I didn't like how the classes were so big, like like the professor was just lecturing at you um, because I was the type where I want to have a conversation like, well, what about this? And, and, and how does this touch on race and sex? You know, like just all of those type of topics I felt like I couldn't really get into in college. So then I switched my major to journalism because um, my friend and I had started a radio show and I was like, I like this. Like, I just like talking about what's going on. This was a freshman year where you know, the election was going on and a lot of things were just a mess in DC. Um, and so I decided to switch my major to journalism and and I loved it because it was more hands-on and, and stuff like that. And I'll touch on that later, how undergrad helps law school. Um, and then summer 2018 and 2019, I interned at the public defender's office in Washington, DC. And that just sealed the deal for me. I was like, all right, I know that this is where I belong. Like, I loved my internship. I would stay late. I was willing to come on weekends. If, you know, I worked with an investigator and a lawyer, if we had to go to the crime scene or interview witnesses about what they saw and stuff like that, I loved it so much. Um, I had to visit clients in the DC jail, which was just like a 
a tough experience, but it was also a motivating experience. And so um, right then and there, I knew I, I wasn't playing no more games. I wanted to go to law school um, straight out. And so that's how I ended up here now. Wow. And I love how you touched on that, you know, a lot of people think they have to study political science to go to law school because I'm a business major. And so when people in my business school hear that I want to go to law school, a lot of time it's like, oh, why aren't you doing like you said, like political science or something? Well, it's like I I'm interested in business and I can study whatever I want undergrad to go to law school. So just a quick little question. So this little LSAT process and the application process, you know, you said you did journalism and everything. So how was that like going from your journalism and political science minor, like undergrad and then studying for that LSAT and then being thrown into law school, basically? Mm. Uh, the application process was really, it was tough. I'm not going to even say it wasn't. Um, let's just start with junior year. I think that's what stands out to me. Junior year, um, I was working a job, full course load, and then I decided, okay, um, yeah, I'm going to take an LSAT course because standardized tests is just not my thing at all. Like, same thing, applying to college. Um, and so I, I was like, I'm going to do everything I can. So the, the LSAT course was Thursday and Saturday and Sunday. Um, so it was like intense, like four hours. Um, and so I, I took the course and I mean, I feel like it does help with some fundamentals, but honestly taking practice tests, very big thing. And I understand it's difficult because a practice test is like four to five hours and you have to sit there straight. You really want to be in testing conditions going full out, doing it full out. Um, so I did practice tests, but honestly, y'all, <laughs> the LSAT and I, we just don't get along. <laughs> like we just, I took it twice. The second time I got a lower score. Mm. And I remember just feeling like questioning myself. And I see like a lot of like other particularly black students who take the LSAT questioning. Do I really belong in law school because of my LSAT? Let me tell you, the LSAT is no indicator of how well you can do in law school. It's just not, it's a completely different, I don't even understand why it still exists. Um, but I just remember like guidance counselors and other people telling me, you know, like maybe you should take a year off from law school and take a gap year and study a whole year for the LSAT. I remember hearing someone's story where they took a whole year off and all they did, no kidding, they went to the library 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. to study for the LSAT. No job, wow. no nothing. I don't have that privilege to do that. You know, I have to, I just can't do that. You know, like it was, and I was just like, no, I know I want to go to law school. Um, and, and a gap year can be beneficial if you're doing something that you've always wanted to do, right? Or if you had a job or something like that. But just to take off to study for the LSAT just wasn't a part of my plan. So yeah, so people were telling me, take these law schools off your list, take a gap year. Um, one person even said, maybe I should go to the disability support services and see whether I have like some type of learning disability. I mean, yeah, wow. like it was all types of, and you could imagine that hearing that, I was like, yeah, maybe, you know, but in the end, like, you know, like 
my mother, my family, and my mentors were like, no, you belong. This is what you have to do. So I just took that leap of faith. Um, Moving forward, what happened was I knew my LSAT was the weakest part of my application. I just knew. So everything else in that application process had to be, I would say, almost flawless. Like my personal statement, I was like, what is my story going to be? I can't have a story that everyone else has to have. I need to convey to the admission um, office why I seriously want to go to law school and why they should accept mm-hmm. me. Um, so bet- the summer between my junior and senior year, personal statement, drafts, drafts. Like I can't even tell you, if I look back at Google Drive, it maybe be like 25, 30 drafts. And you just have to stay on, on top of it. Letters of recommendation. I was not playing. I asked my you know um, professors in college, or even people who just knew me as like a student leader on campus or extracurricular activities, I asked them. And I had asked someone that I worked for at the public defender's office. Um, and so I think the biggest takeaway is that whatever your weakest point is, whatever your weakest area is in the application process, okay, don't let that deter you. Strengthen everything else, right? So if your GPA isn't high, then maybe you got to go hard on the LSAT or, you know, do better on your personal statement. Um, but yeah, so I just knew that my personal statement, letter recommendation, um, the internship experience, um, I really had to sell that to the admissions counselor, almost to the point where it's like, don't even look at my LSAT. Um, and so, yeah, so I, I, I'm not going to lie. It was like a difficult process, just like emotionally questioning Am I smart enough for this? Am I worthy enough of belonging at these schools? My my LSAT was far below, <laughs> far below the median. And I hate when I hear people say, oh, well, my LSAT doesn't hit the median of like, I don't know, Harvard. It's like, don't even look at that. Like, yeah, like take into account, but don't let that deter you. My, my motto is let them tell you no, you know, like, don't already tell yourself no. That makes no sense. And so I had the audacity to apply to almost every single one except for Yale and Harvard. I was like, I ain't going to even. <laughs> but, you know, do it because you never know where where you may end up. So that's kind of my journey. But, like, like, first of all, just wow. Like, I'm just getting wow, wow, wow. Because everything that you just said is, like, one like, like we were literally just discussing imposter syndrome and how like difficult it is for us as black women to feel validated in the same spaces as like our white peers. I think specifically at GW, like I can at least attest to like how it, it gets crazy there. Like the internship culture, like LSAT, everyone wants to be a lawyer. Everyone wants to be a politician, right? So I think it's just like, you know, and like the fact that you had people tell you like, register for DSS like like that's to me and then and like you're literally at Penn T14 and I'm just like right like it's right. just I don't know I, I'm kind of like I'm a little speechless I'm not gonna lie yeah I'm a little speechless. I was too when they told it to me like what are y'all serious right now no wow. that's 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 so crazy for some and we were just saying um about imposter syndrome I, if no one ever made me feel less than I wouldn't feel less than mm. So for people to say that to you, it's like, of course, it's going to kind of take a toll, make you kind of feel like, oh, I'm not supposed to be here. And it's crazy how you question yourself because of what other people are trying to project onto mm-hmm. you. 
like you said, now you're at UPenn, so like what now? Right. And you know, literally what now? Like what now? Yeah, I wasn't gonna make the same mistake. I felt like I did that for college. Like, you know, my college application process, I was very humble, kind of like timid almost, as if like I don't I have nothing to give to these colleges when I really should have been like, but you do though, you know? And so that's why I say I had I had the audacity, it's just gonna why, why, why cut myself short now? Like the law school list, you should have like those reaches, safeties, you know, like a range, but I wasn't going to tell myself no. And I'm so glad, um, I didn't because Penn was one of the schools that everyone was like, yeah, take that off your list. And I was like, mm, I, I think, not. No. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. I <just> know. <laughs> yeah. Um, I kind of just have a follow-up question so with all that being said like what a like a powerful like testimony right there um so what do you think in your undergrad education really kind of like even though like it seems like a lot of aspects of undergrad failed you in a sense that probably wouldn't have failed different types of people not even trying to be shady here but just realistic like what do you so what what got you one like through that whole process like the LSAT the application cycle and like what parts of your whether it's like education or social life or friends or family like what what got you really prepared you for law school in that in that type of sense like it could be academic or any any type of thing so I think what has like I said there's nothing like classes wise that can really prepare you for the beast of law school. Um, And when people ask me, how do I prepare? Looking back at it, just get your mind right in terms of like your confidence. Like, you know, like I remember junior year, um, I I had to take a required data analysis statistics class. I was horrible at data statistics and stuff like that, but it was a requirement. other people in the class were good at it. I was not. And I remember our final project, we got to choose whatever we wanted to, you know, do our project on. Um, and I decided to do something, I think about uh, race and um, politics. I forgot what exactly. Um, and it was basically calling out non-Black people for some of the, you know, biases that um, and prejudice that is in um, the political system. And I remember I look back on my Instagram stories. I remember I posted an Instagram story and it was like, yeah, I'm about to have the audacity to just go up there as a black woman and really just sell them, <laughs> you know, like my project in terms of like, yeah, this is what this is what racism looks like in the political system and stuff like that. And I think that still carries on through law school. You just have to have the confidence because what law school is, is that it's kind of like it's a very humbling experience. Um, and sometimes it's going to make you feel like, again, you do not deserve to be there. And so if you can just start working on that now, I mean, seriously, like on the confidence and I'm still, I'll be transparent. I'm still struggling with confidence. I still talk my, sometimes try to talk myself out of opportunities or stuff like that. And so that's something, that's the biggest thing. Um, another thing I would say is learning how to manage stress, um, I learned that, you know, my first year of law school, I'm living by myself in an apartment in the pandemic, none, no friends or family around. Um, and so I was like, wow, so what's going to really get me through in terms of like, once I'm done studying, what do I want to do to treat myself? How can I take care of myself? 
I cannot just be sitting in my apartment studying and crying over 200 pages of reading and then stressed like that, that that's just not going to sustain me um so I learned how to manage stress so you got to figure out what is your self-care routine the last thing I would say is networking and just building those connections I learned in undergrad is very important I I think people think I'm not but I'm very shy when it comes to just reaching out whether that's emailing someone or connecting with someone via LinkedIn and just asking hey can you tell me about your experience and being able to have conversation with people from all walks of life you have to learn how to really start doing that I would say undergrad because no one in law school is really going to like hold your hand it's really you have to take the initiative to be your best advocate to be your I, I'm my manager <laughs> you know like I, I'm my chef my I'm the person that's gonna like do what I need to do for the betterment of myself so um, I would say definitely networking and that comes into play with letters of recommendation like every person that I asked for a letter of recommendation for I didn't even need to look at whatever they were going to write because I trusted that we had such a good um, relationship and so um, that really helped me in terms of, you know, getting into law school and um, and also applying to jobs now as well. Okay, wait, really quickly, I kind of have a little logistical follow-up question. So are you, like, did you work in law school? Did you work before law school? Like, let, let's talk about money for a second. Yeah. Like, <laughs> did you... Were you working in the summer? Were you working before? Are you working now? Like, what's that whole thing like? And I guess like that can kind of transition to us a little later about like debunking like law school stuff. But like, mm-hmm. let's talk about the finances for a second. Yeah. So whew, that's also another unique story that I that I, that I can tell. Um. So all throughout college, I had a job, like or a job or two. At one point, I was working two jobs, just <laughs> making it work whichever way I can. Um. And then coronavirus happened. And so all of the summer internships that I had applied for, planned out, canceled, not even postponed or just canceled. So now GW has kicked me out of my dorm. Um, I'm at my mother's house. I have no job. I'm nervous, like, because, you know, I could have been like, okay, take the summer off before law school, just rest and stuff like that. But again, unfortunately, I did not have that privilege. Law school is expensive. The deposit, that's another thing. When you get accepted, great. What does that deposit look like? There's one school, I'm not going to even name, $3,000 deposit. Mm. $3,000. I don't know about y'all. I don't have that type of money. Just to hold your spot? Yes. That's crazy. Yes. Wow. And if you don't have it, good luck. Like, you know, like that's that's what you're walking into. Do you do you understand what I'm saying? So I had to get a job. I, you know, the unemployment thing, it was taking forever. This country was a mess. I had to go give me a job. So I worked two part-time jobs. People who follow me on Instagram, I'll tell the story. I had to work two part-time jobs at Target and ShopRite, which is my local grocery store in a pandemic as an essential worker. When I tell you that was one of the most humbling experiences, y'all, because when I had my virtual graduation from college, 
I had to rush and get in my car and then go drive to a job that I hate. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like stalking shelves. And I'm sitting there like, I know I didn't work this hard for our four years of college to now be doing this. And again, I always say like, it's not that retail jobs is less than, it's the way they treat people who work retail jobs that is so mm-hmm. like denigrating, like on another level. Um, so I had to work those jobs. I had to save up and save up enough money because this is another thing you have to worry about when you get to law school. Yes, you will have a loan that will help you pay for your rent. That loan didn't come to me until like a month and a half into law school. So I had to pay my rent on my own. Um, thank God my mom helped me as well for a little bit. My family chipped in as much as they can but I had to save up money. So if, if there's anything I could tell you about finances before law school, save up money as much as you can, because you never know, you might have to pay a $3,000 deposit just to make it there and then also pay for books. One book can cost you like $500, one. $500? Yes, yes. Wow. And they're not telling you. I nobody is telling this and I'm like no people need to be telling prepare prepare mentally emotionally spiritually financially you know because you can't just call mom be like hey can you give me three thousand dollars for a deposit oh also five hundred dollars for each book and then yeah so rent and just a lot so that that's finances before law school so I hope that answered your question yeah and it's like I feel like you said it needs to be talked about more like you said a lot of us don't have that privilege to just be like well I'm just gonna go to law school and somebody's gonna pay for it right like that's not that's somebody's us that's me like I'm gonna be like paying for it like that's something that's a commitment that I need to make that's like okay this is gonna be a good amount of money I need to prepare myself for it kind of thing so but a three thousand dollar deposit that really just hold your spot that 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 really like shook me because I remember I had to ask my mentor. I was like, so how much is the deposit? I'm thinking like, okay, like maybe $500. She was like higher. I'm like $800 higher. I didn't even guess 3000 y'all because it was just so out of like, out of touch for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 3000 and you have to pay because you want your, your, your seat or you give your seat up and they have a lot of more applicants they can give a seat to. Like that's nothing. Yeah. So not the classism i was about to say like it's like what it like to hold your spot like that's the problem wow big problem wow but now that you are in law school and you've had a little time under your belt what were your expectations versus your reality Mm -hmm. so my expectations going in we could just talk about some of the myths right um I've heard stories where like at certain schools, people will go to the library and rip out pages from certain books that they know other classmates had need just so they can get, have an advantage. It's just dumb. Like (laughs) it's wild to even say it out loud. Like, wow, really somebody took the time to do that. Um, And so that really just set the expectations for me. I was like, oh my gosh, it's going to be like, so competitive like um it's just gonna be non-stop studying it's gonna be intense 
And then you then add the pandemic to it where you can't really study with people in a library. You know, um, you need to be in your apartment. I was like, I'm about to lose my mind in this apartment studying 24 seven, no friends, no family, stuff like that. Um, and so, but it's not like that. It's not like that. Or you can allow it to be that way, if that makes sense. Um, law school is kind of like, it is what you make it, right? So yeah, I could have been in my apartment studying 24 seven and stuff like that. At a certain point, you just have to say, all right, Simone, cut it off. Like you're not going to, I think what I learned, someone had told me this and it really stood with me. You really cannot do it all. Um, I'm not sure if you guys know what outlining is, but that's like a comprehensive document of like all your notes, case briefs, professors, analysis, all of that in one document that's gonna help you prepare for the final. Um, that takes a long time. So you cannot outline and read for the next day and prepare for cold calls, which is another thing I, I can elaborate on, and prepare for cold calls where a professor is gonna call on you and you need to know what are the facts of this case, the issue, the analysis, what justice said this, who dissented, all of that. You can't do that, all of that at once. Something is just gonna have to give, you're gonna have to learn how to prioritize. And so I think my expectations were that, you know, I was just gonna be able to do it all. And 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 that's that's just not the case. I mean, if someone else knows how to do it all, hit your girl up and let me know, <laughs> you know, how you have tips. Um, and so what, what would be, a, yeah, so I would just say just the competitive nature of it, um, the intense nature of it. I would say at points, yes, it is com it is intense, right? And um, it can be competitive because law school is graded on a curve, which means you're graded based on how well everyone else did. Um, so that's another thing that we can get into. Um, Wait, what? Yeah. Wait, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, this is the way it works. So, okay, so law school is a curve. 1L is a curve. And please don't hold me, don't don't take my 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 ex explanation as as the Bible, as as that an expert, because I'm still trying to figure this out. But law school is a curve where basically say there's a um say there's a b a b plus curve. Mm -hmm. Say you take the exam and the median is a 54. That means most people got a, a 54, whatever. The median was a 54 out of 100 because that's how difficult those exams are. You would think, okay, if I get a 54 on it, I don't fit, I failed. Like that's it. But the way some the way the curve works out is that whoever got below the median gets like a B, a B minus, a C. Whoever got above the median could get an A, an A minus. But you see how you're then graded compared to your peers because it's how well the class did that sets the bar. And then how did you do compared to your peers? that will get you end up with an A, A minus, B plus, B, so on. Um, and it, yeah, it's very, it's, it's interesting because I remember I, there was this one class, I was like, this is so not easy, but I got this. Like I'm understanding in the back of my mind, I forgot. Yeah, and so does everyone else, you know? And so if everyone else understands it, then when you take the exam, the bar is set high because everyone else is getting those points. 
So it can be a one to two point difference between you getting a B plus and an A minus, because if it's an quote unquote easy course, everyone else is getting it. Therefore, the median is gonna be high. Whereas with the class where it was so difficult, like everyone was struggling, you kind of have a little more leeway because since everyone is struggling, the median, it may be a bit lower and then that's how it fleshes out. So it's not based off of how well you did individually. It's in comparison to the rest of your classmates. They just don't mm. talk about this stuff. Yeah, they don't. Nope. Like literally at all, especially with like, I mean, Simone can attest, and I think Tamia can attest too. Like, I feel like at GW and at Morgan State, like our, our pre-law program, you might as well just be non-existent. Right. Like, mm-hmm. like, like students had to do things for themselves. So like you telling us all this stuff is like, I saw like one TikTok on like the curve and I'm just, I don't even know what this is, so scroll. So I was like, whatever. But like, now that you're explaining that, like these are things that like, you know, undergrads who aren't actively researching are just like, okay, I'll take the LSAT and then whatever just don't know and that could really change somebody's mind and uh, you know what I mean? yeah and if I could piggyback off of that the the larger implication that I want people to take away is that when you're coming in as a minority who you know I don't have any lawyers in my family I've never seen a, a, a law textbook in my life until the first time I had to buy it for class versus some of my peers who um, their parents are attorneys their parents are law professors, their parents are judges. What do you think the conversation is at the dinner table? Or who, or what does their support system look like in terms of academic support? Dad, can you help me understand this dissent? You don't have that coming in, you know what I'm saying? And so when you're grading on a curve, at first, I was like, oh, this is going to be tough because people are coming in with different experiences, if you get my gist of what I'm trying to say. Um, and so that just motivated me even more to say, all right, well, this is where you're starting. And, and this is these are the resources that I have, you know, Black Law Student Association, shout out to them, their pen, um, mentors and stuff like that. And you use your network and your village. Um, and that's all you can do, honestly. Wow. And I know you touched on cold calls, but I feel like I would love to hear your experience because we see that a lot in like the movies and everything and like how intense they are. Mm-hmm. And if like you freeze up, the professor's going to like embarrass you mm-hmm. kind of thing. So what's been your experience with cold Ooh, calls? So cold calls have been um, interesting. I would say it depends on the professor, right? So I remember my first day I had um, torts um, and it was it was a good chunk. That that reading was thick. She was thick. <laughs> so what I did, I was so nervous for cold calls. Every case that I read, I had a case brief. Okay, this is facts. This is the issue. This is the holding. Um, this is the reasoning. This is how the court came to the conclusion and everything and stuff like that. I printed it out. It was a, a I had a document of my notes for a class. I remember I came the first day. I was just wait. I knew it was coming. When I tell you, he walked into class. He didn't even say, hello, my name is Professor So-and-so. Welcome to Torts. Welcome to law school. He didn't even, he said, we're going to skip right to it. And he said, I forgot whoever the first person was, but thank God it wasn't me. It said, so-and-so, what were the facts of this case? 
I Mm-mm. said, oh, like that was really, I was like, okay, now, okay, I see, I see what we're doing here, you know, and it really just like, you kind of thrown into it. My first cold call really didn't happen, y'all. I'm not going to lie until like a month into school. So then by the time it happened, I'm like, I'm so, I'm, I'm a little, I'm, a, I'm more comfortable if that makes sense. So he asked me, okay, so what is this? Um, yeah, I'm looking at my notes. Yeah, so the facts were da 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 da. Oh, okay, yeah. What was the issue? This was the issue. Okay, what was the holding? This was the holding. They're never going to tell you. Rarely do professors in cold call ever tell you, good job. So don't make that. So don't feel like, oh, I got this so bad. Like, they're going to keep being on you, actually. Oh, really? So then what's, you know, they're going to ask you follow-up questions. But honestly, and I think I, I definitely didn't say 100% whatever the accurate answer was. And I think in law school, there really is no accurate answer. Um, you just kind of go, walk through your analysis of how you came to your conclusion. Um, but yeah, my first cold call was like in October. So at that point, I was like, hey, girl, like, oh, wow, you noticed I was in this your class. And so, you know, you just got to, I didn't have like that horrible experience. I had, I don't think I've seen any really like horrible experiences. Um, but there definitely are times where you can slip up or you could just say, at a certain point, people were like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. And you just have to be okay with saying that day, I do not know. By the time of like November and even early December, when they were doing cold calls, I was like, I hope they don't cold call me because now I'm in the mode of studying past materials. I'm not 100% prepared for cold calls the way I was day one. That mm-hmm. makes sense. Um, so there definitely have been some horrible experiences, but overall, you'll be fine. Coco is the least of your worries, if that makes sense, <laughs> in law school. Because they make it seem like that's going to be like an everyday traumatic experience in class whenever mm-hmm. you watch like any type of movie or anything like that. Yeah, I mean, it could be. If you don't like, if you didn't like read at all and they Coco you, you just gotta give it to God and just I don't know mm-hmm. what you even do at that point. But if you like skim or even like briefly highlight or something like that in the textbook, you'll you'll be okay. But it's it, it is at at first it is very like oh my gosh, like, what is this? Because we're not used to this in undergrad. But um, every day you do have to come into class kind of on your your, your p's and q's because. Every day, someone is being cold called. There's not one day where the professor is just lecturing at you. It's more of a dialogue. Oh, wow. <laughs> we switch yet again, because, like... I feel like I learned so much. I, just, I wish we could, like, talk forever, honestly, because, like, it's, like, the knowledge that I'm receiving right now. So I'm like, Ooh, anyways, like, let me let me rethink my little, my little application something. <laughs> No, really. No, I'm joking. No, I'm joking. No, you I'm, guys. I'm, I'm not joking. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not joking. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I'm just gonna. I think to kind of just like I guess wrap up here and like maybe maybe we could have Simona for a part two because yeah, yeah maybe maybe in the summer. More, yeah, there's so many more things I want to ask, but I just, mm-hmm. I yeah. So I'm just gonna like kind of just ask my wrap up question, then um, Tam, you can go ahead too. Um, so if you had to give, and it's such a generic question, but if you had to give any advice, I mean, you kind of been like dropping like bits of advice throughout like our entire, like, you know, session here, 
But if there was like one big piece of advice that you could give to aspiring black lawyers, particularly women, mm -hmm. what would you tell, like, what would you tell mm -hmm. them? So, and I think I like, you know, I've been trying to say this throughout the podcast and I, I really want people to take this away. Um, you are your biggest advocate. Like nobody else is going to be your biggest fan more than you, you know? And, and what I mean by that is that throughout this process, you're going to hear a lot of no's, you're going to hear a lot of doubts, um, uncertainties. And you have to trust that whatever you're doing is what's best for you. Like if you want to go to law school, you can, you can go. Like I, I and I hate to be like cliche because I remember I heard people before saying, "Oh, like, you know, you belong and 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 you're worthy." I was like, "Oh, like, yeah." You looking back at it, I wasn't really internalizing that. I'm like, "Yeah, okay," but the median LSAT tells me different, um, and that's why I say you gotta you you really have to have the confidence to really just to really just do it. Know why you want to go to law school. That's another thing I would say. Um, again, law school is very intense. And if you don't have a passion or a why, a strong why as to why you're going to law school, yeah, you can, you can fall. That's, I think that's the biggest way you can quote unquote fail in law school. Um, I could possibly not do some of my readings but not knowing why why I'm here and why I'm spending a lot of hours studying and in this intense environment, that can really make or break your law school experience to me. Um, so I, again, I would just, the takeaway for me would be confidence, trust in yourself and, and, and know your, your, your why. Why do you wanna, why do you wanna go to law school? Whatever that is, figure it out. It can't just be, or maybe it can be for some people, but to me, it can't just be, I didn't know what else I wanted to do. Well, there's plenty of other things that you can do rather than go through this God awful experience of three years, you know, like, or, and not God awful, but intense, it's very intense. Um, so just know your why and your motivation and, and stick to, stick to who you are. And I think you'll do just great. And I really feel like you answered, like, I don't even have like a final question because I feel like you touched on literally everything I had questions about and even things that I didn't even know I had questions about, like the curve mm -hmm. and cold calls, like, because I would describe like Rain and I, we do our research about law school, but you told us things that even when you're doing research, we feel like we don't really find. Mm -hmm. Like, I didn't know about the whole curve thing. Like you saw Rain and I were like, what? <laughs> when you said that, <laughs> like. I had no idea that was a thing, but I really enjoyed your perspective on everything. Cause like I said, um, before we started recording, we're basically saying Simone is literally like where we want to be. Like she is in a position where it's like, we would love to be where she is and seeing another black woman in this position. And we don't really get to see a lot of the time. It's very refreshing and inspiring. So thank you so much for coming on here and talking to us. We really appreciate it. And like Raina said, we're going to probably have you on again if you would like That's to come back. Chat. I would love to come back. I love chatting yes. about law and Black women and helping each other. Yes, love it. Yeah, it's not over. I, I knew it's when not. we started going, yeah, like, nah, she's coming back. <laughs> like, for real. <laughs>
no honestly and even maybe we'd have a few special Simone episodes yeah no, <laughs> now yeah. then come go through your the law Simone school special. career with you the too Simone yeah the Simone special Simone I'm special. sure as I continue to go through law school like especially when I get my first semester grades I'll have more stories to tell <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. we'd love like, to hear them it's a whole it's a whole process and that's exactly what we're trying to do with this podcast is like bring these people along through the journey with us so everyone knows where we're at and what we're doing and all that stuff but again thank you so much for really coming on today and dropping the knowledge like you know I, I'm, I'm kind of speechless this is great i had a great time <laughs> i did too thank you i i love just you know giving back and helping in any way i can i i love this this warmed my heart <laughs> no we really we really appreciate it like we said so um at this point uh we would have already announced we're on a bi-weekly schedule now during the semester just because we do have busy semesters Raina has a new internship like we're taking on a lot of courses so we'll see you guys again in two weeks mm-hmm. we hope you guys enjoyed Simone as much as we did because mm-hmm. whether y'all like it or not she's coming back yes so <laughs> so to me signing off Raina signing off Me? Oh, Simone signing off as well. (laughs) And see you guys in two weeks. Bye-bye.